Pod 616 initiating launch sequence. Superheroes will always spark the imagination of people around the world. With great power comes great responsibility. Face front, true believers. Excelsior! Stand by for Pod 616 launch. Three, two, one. Launch. Godspeed Pod 616. Join us as we explore the Marvel Multiverse. We may encounter any myth, legend, or lore in the timely history of Marvel, from printed page to silver screen, all the way to mobile gaming and everything in between. I'm Deacon. And I'm JJW. Deacon and I have been planning this show for weeks now. Pod 616 is something different entirely. I hope that you join us on this exploration of everything that is the Mighty Marvel. On today's episode, we touch on some Marvel Multiverse news. We briefly explore the Black Order and introduce the members and visit the rack for some new and old reading recommendations. This is Pod 616, Episode 001, The Black Order. The Marvel Multiverse is ever-changing, and uh, it's always got something new on the horizon. Let's touch on a little Marvel news here today. J.J., John Boyega, you know that name? Yeah, that's the uh, that's Finn from Star Wars. Yeah, and he was in uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. Okay. Well, he's expressed some interest in a Marvel Cinematic Universe role. Mm. Some internet rumors say Adam Warlock, oh. because we kind of know he's coming. John Boyega emerges from the cocoon and he's Adam Warlock. Possibly Patriot. Oh, Patriot. Oh my God, that's a great idea. Patriot, I don't know if you remember, Patriot is the grandson of a contemporary of Captain America. And uh, I think his grandfather kind of went through a super soldier derivative program. And consequently, Patriot has like Captain America light abilities. So John Boyega is the Patriot. Patriot, maybe right after Captain America makes a graceful exit. That's an interesting idea. All right, let's let's get to uh, some Fantastic Four news that JJ has for us. Yes. Okay. So Fantastic Four, the first family of comics, will return to publications in an ongoing series in August. The Fantastic Four blockbuster collaboration between Stan the Man Lee and Jack the King Kirby that launched the Marvel Age of Comics in 1962 while they introduced a family of superhero people with human reactions. They, yeah. the Fantastic Four reacted to the world in the kind of way that real people would if real people had superpowers. And they weren't doing that at that time. Man, there was nothing like it at all. Yeah. It was every single page of a comic, every single comic book was an isolated story. Um, there was no broad continuity and no multi-issue like story arcs. Th- stuff like that didn't happen. It literally turned comics upside down. Fantastic Four hasn't been published since 2015. Wow. The first family of comics has split up uh, back in, well, back in 2015, which is after the Infinity Story arc and the consequences and the, and the multiversal consequences Uh, Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm had been on Earth and Reed Richards and Sue Richards and the kids have been out in the cosmos repairing the multiverse. And Ben and Johnny actually believe that Reed Richards and Sue Storm and the family are dead. 
so that's the reason that they haven't had a book in the comics continuity. But the reason that they haven't had a book in our continuity is that 20th Century Fox owns the rights to the Fantastic Four movie. And the last movie did not perform well. So I believe that not publishing a title has been a tactic to get the rights back for Fantastic Four. Oh, uh, so yeah. I think they're trying to gonna reboot them for the big screen. Well, I mean, uh, as far as I understand, Disney may be acquiring Fox by 2019. So it's possible that in phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we could have Reed Richards, Susan Storm, Ben Grimm, Johnny Storm. We could have Doctor Doom. <laughs> Huh? It's amazing. Nice. That would be nice. Now, speaking of uh, some movies, uh, production has started for Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel. Uh, Academy Award winner Brie Larson stars as Carol Danvers, Air Force pilot. Clark Gregg is coming back. I love yes. Agent Coulson is such a likable character, and, and Clark Gregg does such a great job uh, to it. Rumor is this movie, this Captain Marvel movie, is going to be set in the 90s. There's lots of rumors surrounding this, too, that, uh, that maybe some people go back to try to get her, and she comes in Infinity War, Hoopla, and she's supposed to be one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to date, though. And speaking of Avengers 4, once again... Chris Evans has announced that his last appearance as Captain America will be after Avengers 4, or he will no longer appear as Captain America after Avengers 4. Quote, you want to get off the train before they push you off. <laughs> uh, what do you think that really means? With the ever-changing world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, it's, it's a little different than the comic book universe. Captain America is always going to be around, but in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's possibly not. These, these characters, I, I think they have an expiration date in the movies, and they move on. I, I kind of get where he's coming from. And you might as well, if Captain America is going to go out, let him go out in style. Not Maybe not even death, maybe walking away somehow, but let him go out in style. I mean, he's been doing this uh, Captain America job for almost 10 years now. Yeah. Uh, and he has transformed a character that, let's be honest, was only moderately interesting to read into a character that is deeply sympathetic and he's a spy hero. So awesome. Uh, Marvel's Jessica Jones. You watch that on Netflix. I love Jessica Jones. Season one of Jessica Jones is my favorite Netflix show. And season two was very good, but season one was just awesome. Well, we've got a season three coming. They're coming back for third season on Netflix. That is good news for me. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Those Netflix shows are knocking out of the park. They're getting some criticism here and there, but uh, overall, they're really good. I like them, too. That's just a few tidbits of news from around the multiverse. Uh, let's switch pods now and find out from JJ more about the Black Order. Warning, this episode contains spoilers. You have been warned. Okay, the Black Order originates from a 2013 comic event called Infinity. In Prelude to Infinity, New Avengers number 8, the stage is set for the Infinity event. So in this issue, there's buildup before these issues, but in this issue, Wakanda and Atlantis are at war. Okay. 
Now, Shuri is the Black Panther. That is Shuri, sister of T'Challa. She is the queen of Wakanda. And T'Challa is the king in Necropolis. Okay. Or he's the king of the dead, or he's reigning in the city of the dead. And Namor is the king of Atlantis. He has, uh, he has traveled to Necropolis. And he is, in this scene, meeting with a character called Black Swan, uh, who is a refugee from Earth 1365. Namor is negotiating a compromise of some kind that we aren't really privy to. And when Black Panther walks in on them, he calls Namor to join him in conference. So those two leave. Black Panther and Namor leave. T'Challa and Namor, they enter a courtyard with a table and surrounded by the Dora Milaje. Namor pours a goblet of wine offering thanks to T'Challa for brokering an offer of peace with Queen Shiri. Namor expected that Shuri would not even consider the offer if somebody had not argued on his behalf. T'Challa turns his back on Namor and says, there is nothing to thank me for. <laughs> I mean, this is like high drama right here. Yeah, yeah. So, so Namor was deceived and T'Challa was sidelined in the war council. And instead of granting peace, Shuri demanded blood for blood. And in the next scene, we see that the military might of Wakanda, represented by a strike force of the Hatu Surase, they lay waste to Atlantis. I mean, they are just killing these Atlanteans. And Namor's here in Necropolis. Instead of n informing Namor of a pact of peace, T'Challa sends Namor home to help his people. They will need their king. While all of this is going on, we see uh, Tony Stark and Reed Richards, and they're preparing for this impending collapse of the multiverse, and they expect this to happen in like less than three months. Uh, an alert sounds, and both are shocked to discover an invasion fleet has penetrated their sword perimeter defense system and is hovering just above New York City. Okay, picture this. A cruiser ship lands. We see the Ebony Maw casually approach the Sanctum Sanctorum. I mean, that's crazy right there on its own. Absolutely. The Sanctum Sanctorum is like mystically warded. Nobody knows that it's there. Yet the Ebony Maw just walks up willy-nilly. Now let's switch scenes. We're in Wakanda, a fleet of ships hovering over this massive beast. The Black Dwarf steps out of a warship. And we know that the Wakandan army is actually attacking Atlantis right now. Right. Now, we're switching again to the Jean Grey School. Another fleet of ships, a strike force with Corvus Glaive. Prepare to battle the X-Men. All right, and finally, we focus in on Atlantis. Namor has arrived, and he finds the bodies of Atlanteans and Hatutsurase alike. And Proxima Midnight is staring down at the wreckage. So this is our introduction to the Cull Obsidian. Each arrives on Earth with a mission to neutralize key defenses. Now, in another episode, we're going to look at the Infinity Story, but for now, let's look at the characters, all right? One of my favorites. Ebony Maw. He's a really cool character. He's got many abilities, but the most important is that he is the whisperer. Okay. And he's a, he's called this many times. And that basically means he has these supernatural persuasive powers. And, and he's able to use his words to take control of the thought processes of victims. And he 
is so powerful. The fact that he controls Doctor Strange should say everything about his powers. I mean, it's not only like he can mentally take you over. He does it with his words. He just says things to you and you do them. And you do them. The second member of the Call Obsidian that we encounter is the Black Dwarf. This enormous monster is the powerhouse of the team. He has superhuman strength, density, durability. His skin is unbreakable. At one point, he survives an attack from Ronin, the Super Scroll, and Annihilus at the same time. That that should say something, too. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, he carries this weapon that is a double-edged axe, and during the Earth invasion, he's sent to Wakanda, but the Wakandan resistance is so strong that they were able to force him to retreat. And because of that failure, Thanos casts him out of the Cull Obsidian. All right, so moving on to the leader of the Cull Obsidian, uh, the leader of the Black Order, Corvus Glaive. He's actually the brother of the Black Dwarf, the husband of Proxima Midnight. He possesses superhuman strength, speed, durability, endurance. He is a master tactician. And uh, moreover, as long as his blade, his glaive is intact, he is immortal, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And we're going to get in more into detail on Corvus in our next episode, but we need to move on to the fourth member of the Cull Obsidian. The subject of today's episode, the wife of Corvus, Proxima Midnight. So who is she? And what does she want? That is the question. Yeah. Much like the other members of the Black Order, she possesses superhuman strength, speed, and endurance. She is a master combatant, and she is essentially invulnerable. I want you to think about this for a second, Deegan. Okay. When Namor returned to Atlantis after the Wakandan military strike, he finds Proxima Midnight there as well. His people are broken and defeated. Mm -hmm. But Namor is Namor. He is the first son of Marvel. He's literally one of the first characters ever created. Yeah. He is half mutant, half Atlantean, super strong, flies. He has this sense of anger and self-righteousness and superiority that has driven him. And he is a member of the Illuminati. This is not a guy that falls to his knees and surrenders. Right. But that's exactly what happens. And in Infinity, we see Namor kneeling before Proxima Midnight. And that shows how powerful she is. But the coolest thing I think about her is her spear. Some people say it was made by Thanos, but... From my reading of this story, Proxima claims that Thanos took the weapon okay. from its master and gave it to her. It was forged from or within the heart of a dying star. It has some extraordinary properties. And if you'll go to Mighty Avengers number two, volume two, we learn that when she throws the spear, it can become these three arcs of light that cannot be evaded. And when she's battling Spectrum, who is uh, made of light and she's zipping around all over the place, Proxima used the spear like a guided missile it like followed her in every twist and turn and it finally pierced her through and poisoned her in the process so the spirit like it can turn into beams of light it can track you like a guided missile and it poisons you that's not all in a later scene proxima midnight is fighting the hulk okay proxima uh, mentions to corvus that hey the hulk he's surprisingly fast so she used a different ability of the spear and she massively increased its density the spear pierced the hulk and became so super massive and so heavy that 
it pinned him to the earth and he wasn't able to do anything and it held him there until the other Avengers showed up and Proxima decides that she needs her spear to fight these Avengers. She yanks the spear out of the Hulk and in the process forces the Hulk to revert to Bruce Banner. So... This thing can turn into guided missile spears of light, can manipulate its own density. It can turn the Hulk off. And when Bruce Banner asks her how she did that, Proxima says, oh, I can do so much worse. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so so Proxima Midnight and the Black Order will be in the Avengers Infinity War coming up this month. A lot of context of the story of these characters from this story event are going to be different. Okay. Uh, some of the characters they interact with in the stories, they're not in the MCU. And as far as I know, the Black Order in the movie are siblings. Are Carvis and Proxima not married then? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We won't know until April 27th. <laughs> All right. Well, in the Infinity War trailer, we've seen that there are three of the Black Order surrounding Loki in Proxima Midnight. She's aiming her spear directly at his head. Yes. So we are pretty certain that Loki gives up the Tesseract that he swiped at the end of Thor Ragnarok. Um, we see Thanos drop the blue space gem into the gauntlet. Mm -hmm. But there is another shot of the spear in those trailers. Okay. In one of the trailers, we see... Black Widow attacking Corvus Glaive with Proxima Midnight Spear. Right. A blonde Black Widow. That's right. Which means Proxima doesn't have it. Yes. So what's going on? I can't wait. It's set to hit theaters April the 27th, Avengers Infinity War. We need to switch gears now and let's head on over to the rack. All right, each and every week, a curated selection of books is added to the digital press that is Marvel Unlimited. And this week, we had some good books added to the library, and these are a few that I think are noteworthy. Okay. Okay, so I've been reading Venomverse. Venomverse is a five-issue story arc that took place six months ago. All of the Marvel Unlimited comics run six months late, and that's the way we're going to talk about them. Okay. Venomverse, issue number five, drops in Marvel Unlimited, and this story is kind of interesting. Now, I have not always been a Venom fan. I know a lot of people are, but this is not a character that deeply speaks to me, but this is an interesting story. Okay. So, in another multiverse, in another world, an alternate reality, a symbiote-clad Doctor Strange is opening gateways to other realities and pulling the venom of that world to his world where they are battling a new foe. So you have a venom rocket raccoon, you have a venom black panther, you have a venom wolverine, and a bunch more. There's a venom Deadpool. Cool. <laughs> these things are all, these, all of these venoms are being assaulted by these little creatures called poisons. What the poisons are, are these little creatures that attach themselves to a symbiote and convert it into a whole new kind of thing. And in doing so, it consumes both the symbiote and the symbiote's host. So once a venom-clad hero is attacked by a poison and converted into a poison, he's dead. He's consumed. Oh, wow. Yeah, these things are attacking the venoms. Doctor Strange is bringing more from another reality to try to fight them off. And the poisons have now gotten a taste for venom flesh. So they're going to be stalking their way across the multiverse looking for more. Wow. That sounds like a cool story. That's pretty neat. What else we got? Uh, some other interesting titles uh, that dropped this week are 
the all-new Guardians of the Galaxy. And this particular story stars one of my favorite characters, the Rich Rider Nova. Ooh, cool. There's not a whole lot of Guardians in this issue, but there are, there is a lot of Rich Rider and these Fraternity of Raptors, which is sort of like a shadow organization. They are dead set on imposing their version of order on the galaxy. So Rich Rider guest stars as these two forces come into conflict. I love Nova, traditional Nova, and him in a Guardians of the Galaxy book, keep him there. So check this out. This is Guardians of the Galaxy, all new Guardians of the Galaxy number 11, new this week on Marvel Unlimited. All right. So now we talked about some new issues on the rack over here. Let's go over here to the boxes and pick out a couple of classic recommendations. JJ, what's your classic recommendations? Um, okay. Recently they added Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. Issues 137 to 150. This is a run by Conway and Ushima. Uh, the Spectacular Spider-Man run, it really throws me back. I held some of these issues in 1988 in my hands. And in particular, Peter Parker number 144 is a battle between Spider-Man and the Boomerang. So, so the Boomerang is flying around with these jets out of his feet and, uh, and Spider-Man is trying to stop him. I remember thumbing through this issue way back then. That's, that's all I got. What do you got, Deacon? All right. Uh, my recommendations this week are um, some series that I personally read when I was a kid, and it was one of my first favorite series that I read. And it's, it's very timely right now with everything that's going on in the MCU. But the, inf the original Infinity Gauntlet series by, uh, written by Jim Starlin was great. I mean, it, it is one of those that I've ended up going back and rereading as an adult, and it's just as good <laughs> seeing it and, re and remembering some of these moments that happened that I had forgotten about in the Infinity Gauntlet series. So do you compare the modern Thanos to that classic Thanos? Oh, no, no. Uh, maybe in his, uh, in his lust for power, but there's, there's so many differences. Uh, in the Infinity Gauntlet series, he really was trying to win over death you know her her love and in in the cinematic universe it's a little different it, it's it's kind of they've they've kind of given homage to some things from the series and i'm hoping that they do some more with the upcoming movies but uh if you haven't read the original infinity gauntlet series uh, that's one of my recommendations this week. And once you get done with that, uh, read the Infinity War series and then the Infinity Crusade series. All great. All written by Jim Starlin, penciled by a, a ton of folks, but all the artwork is great. Okay, that's like all we got this week for Pod 616. You can download the show from SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash POD 616. Tweet us. Questions, comments, ideas, complaints at POD616 or join us on Discord at discord.gg slash UMCOC. Uh, JJ, next time we're going to continue our Black Order highlight. We're going to go in-depth with the leader Corvus Ooh. Glaive. And we enter the world of Marvel's Contest of Champions mobile game and talk game story and who we should add to the contest. Until next time, true believers. Pod 616 was written and produced by JJW and Deacon OTR, and is a member of the UMCOC Podcast Network.